Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine's food editor, Stephanie March, and local foodie from Stephanie's Dish, Stephanie Hansen, No Food. It's all about food, fun, food, frivolity, and food. Talking about everything happening at the Minnesota State Fair, it's podcast on a stick. Here's the Stephanie's. Hello, everybody. If you hear a little sadness in my voice, it's because we are at the final day, day 12 of the Minnesota State Fair, which makes this the, the final, final podcast, podcast on, a, on stick. a stick. That's right. This is Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are just so glad that we have gotten to do 12 full days of podcasting out here at the Minnesota State Fair because this is the best state fair of it all time. really is and it has been such a blast and don't be sad because it's over because you have a whole day today right to take part of all the final state fair fun the last day there's deals that can be had it's your last chance to get your favorite fair foods the merchandise you could, there's a lot of great sales and you can go to minnesotastatefair.org and you can print off a sheet of all the things that are on sale today and all of the deals that are today because those savvy fairgoers know that the final day is the deal day. Because you basically, these guys, you know, they have all their merch here. They don't really want to pack it all up. No. They'd rather have it. They'd rather have the money in the pocket. And if I could have waited to buy my shoes until today, I probably would have. But I, you to save some dough. Absolutely not you know, possible. <laughs> there is still a lot of fun to be had today, but again, the savvy fairgoers know that Labor Day is the day of deals. The Some of the animals are moving out. People are starting to wind down what has been this amazing collective Minnesota experience, I guess is the only way I can describe it. Stephanie? Yeah. I mean, I think so. I think that there's, you know, when you consider about uh, how many people have moved through we don't have an official count obviously until we get to the end of today and actually probably tomorrow morning we'll get an official count of what the take is on the number of people who have walked through two million last year was a pretty pretty big number to beat it was a pretty big deal too because it was the first time that they had ever crossed that that threshold and we have talked about um you know we've talked about things where there's there's a lot of uh comparisons on state fairs and we've talked about how Iowa only hits a million. Yep. Only. A million point a million. two. And Texas hits, of course, so much more, but they have a month-long fair. And it's a gigantic state. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's also, it's just crazy. So I think having ours, you know, being obsessed with the numbers, I think it'll be fun to hear, you know, by tomorrow what if we've kind of come close or not. Do you think that the state fair will ever expand to more days? Um, they've talked about it, but I think that they have, uh, they have talked about to also to sort of, thin the numbers out yeah. per day. Because, you know, the burden of the last of the two Saturdays are pretty big. And uh, that last Saturday, which, of course, is a huge day and historically the biggest day, is also the closest to Labor Day. And you know what I mean? Like, it just gets it gets really, really, it I don't know. It gets so jammed. And you'd have to start, like, it starts on a Thursday, so you'd have to start, like, the Tuesday. Thursday before. I don't know if they'd add a full week, but they might add a couple extra days on it. Maybe they'll start on a Tuesday someday. Something to think you know, about. And start thinking. I think that it's interesting to think about what the evolutions are going to be in terms of, you know, like we've talked with Nikki, uh, the foods are, and how she wants to see. She has no idea what five years is going to look like because this is her first year. Right. And so, but I think about it in terms of how just the fact that they started construction last year on the day after the fair ended, to me, I think. At the, doing, on the North End on the North Event End, Center. Yeah. 
I think that they're doing a really great job of trying to hold on to what we have and not get, you know, not lose the magic that is the state fair and some of the traditions and some of the old stuff, but that they're also trying to really embrace what the potential is and understand that when you have two million people on grounds, you have to sort of, if you're breaking records like that, you have to sort of take a moment and figure out what does that mean for the next. You can't just let things break and go bad. They're trying to be proactive, and I appreciate that. So when you look back on this last 12 days, is there any memory that stands out that you're like, oh, that was a great day or that was a great moment at the Minnesota State Fair? Oh, my God. I don't know. I think, you know, I think I think I think the day one for me was hysterical and fun. And just that whole idea of coming out here and tasting every single new food and doing every single new beer in one day, it's its the marathon. It's the slog. It was like 8 a.m. And what time were you done? I think I, think I got home at like 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. And I worked until 3 a.m. Yeah, because then you have to write out about know, all of it. that's the hard, hard part about it. But I believe that there were some great moments in there that we all just sort of laughed. I guess I've had moments where with other people where there's a lot of laughing and a lot of good times. And that to me is the essence of the fair. And the random chats that I've had with people, which is such a lovely thing about the fair, everyone's a little like more open. As far as our Minnesota demeanor of being frosty and a little bit closed, it's not true at the fair. No, everybody is pretty open. I think one of my favorite fair moments from this particular uh, last 12 days has been broadcasting inside the Butterhead Yeah, that cooler. was probably a great... Because whoever gets to do that, that was just a really that. cool experience. Yeah. Princess K, uh, I can't remember what her name was, Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth. And her last name was hard to pronounce. Yeah. She was so lovely and so sweet. Right. And the butter carver lady was so nice. Yeah, and I think I would also... Uh, there's some garbage rolling by. Um, That's the final day. There's a the lot of garbage day, to manage. Garbage. Um, I also think there's... Uh, moments that were kind of new to me and singular, watching them kids carve a block of cheese for a contest. That was kind of fun to see their faces and watching the farmers and with all their cows and everything else. And I don't know, I just, I really had a connection to a lot of different levels of people this time at the fair, I think. I think I did too, because I got all verklempt watching the 4-H'ers do their performance at the variety show. Yep. And then coming back and watching the kids with the costumed llamas yeah and just the collective experience i had waiting an hour for that program to start watching them put extra um stands in there for people to sit in watching people running to the stands and then the contest starting and then realizing it went on for like two hours yeah that whole experience could only have happened to me at the minnesota state fair it was fantastic i know and having a girl play a piano piece that was basically like she normally sings with her dog and so she included the recording with her dog afterwards yes i mean that was outstanding it doesn't get much better than that and all the people we talked to at like the charity functions you know between the kiwanis or the you know salem dining hall and all this stuff that's meaningful to me on a whole nother level because that's and i guess that's what it is about the state fair that that's why people when they get weirded out at how excited we get for it it's so many layers to it it's not just a f- i don't I'm kind of known as this person about the foods and stuff, but there's so much more to it. I think that's kind of the takeaway for me is it starts with the food for me, but it doesn't end there. And it ends with like community, really, like how nice people are and how many different people you see out here, all the different walks of life, all the humanity, all coming together 
all enjoying this singular thing yeah. that is farming, it's food, it's beer culture, it's gardening, it's arts, it's, you know, education. It's ecology. It's kids. It's agriculture. It's animals. It's wine. It's everything. There's so much. It is so much. And it has been kind of a privilege to be the people who are here officially telling stories. 100%. And like finding those stories. And that is, you know. The haunted I mean, house, talking to the haunted house people about amazing. the woman who was so scared she cried for a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> but I of mean, course they knew her. So that's not going to happen to everyone. But but there's something too about like sort of finding that, that those deeper levels of the fair. And, and the Midway Men's Club and yeah. talking to Steve that first day about how they're really struggling to find volunteers that want to keep that tradition going. And yeah. yet understanding how many kids organizations they have impacted in the history of their fair time in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Like that was really got you choked up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and sort of people's commitments to things and why they're there and they're, they don't look at it different. And that's the thing is like everybody sees the state fair differently. And I think that's kind of the privilege of what we've been able to do is to sort of tell different angles and hopefully show you guys who maybe, you know, we got a note from a woman who said, I couldn't be there this year. I couldn't get there. But I've been listening every day and living it through you guys. And that was such a gift. And I thought that's the whole reason we're doing this podcast is so that if you can't make it or if for some reason you've moved out of state and you miss it, um, that you can still sort of get the flavor. And almost like you're sitting here with us at Steichen's and being a part of it. Which is, this was my first state fair story with Steichen's. I know. The convenience store in the back of the barns. That has, you know, infant supplies and allergy medicine and ice cream batteries and, and all the rest you a can full make service sandwich? convenience store oh on God. the grounds of the state fair thanks to everybody that was featured in a state fair story or all the people that we just shoved microphones in your faces which is a lot <laughs> you guys we basically we did we kind of gonzoed around the entire fairgrounds i don't know if there is a piece of asphalt that has not had our foot touch it i don't think so and we just sort of really got to talking to a lot of people and, and people were willing to tell their stories and willing to hang out and willing to be on you know microphone and that's that's a rare gift too thank you to lulu's public house uh blue barn also hubbard broadcasting yes and thank you to the folks at the minnesota state fair for allowing us to just run around do all the weird and stuff, go all the strange places yeah, yeah for really all the food that they've brought us up. for every stage that we've been on yeah it really has been a great, great time. Ooh, I'm watching a kid that's just putting on underarm deodorant that just bought some at the convenience store. Sometimes you need underarm deodorant. If they've got it all. But that's just so funny that that's what he ended up having to buy. There it is. I think that there's, you think about 2020, so we're at 2019 right now. Yeah, what food are you going to, is there any food that you're going to wake up tomorrow and be like, ooh, I kind of could eat that again? No, I'm going to be on a salad kick for a while. <laughs> I miss green. I miss a lot of greens. I miss sushi. Um, I miss, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm going to miss that Polish corn dog. I keep thinking about it. Do you it. really? Yes, I could totally eat another one right now. You probably could. You probably could. Yeah, there's nothing I'm, I mean, you know, the weirdest part is that there will be this feeling of, and I've experienced this in other years, but feeling that I'm supposed to be somewhere. You know, feeling that I'm missing out, the FOMO of like there's somewhere I'm supposed to be right now and this isn't it and there's stuff happening and I'm not there. It's, but it is like Brigadoon. I mean, like it pops up, it's here for 12 days, and then it just disappears. And it makes it special, I think. Because yeah. if it was here every day, then you no, wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do you this. You wouldn't every love day. it as much. No, but I'm pretty impressed that we got as far as we did. Anything you're looking forward to for next year or areas of improvement that you'd like to see? or? 
Um, We've talked a little bit about the sustainability piece. Yeah, I would love to see that. I get it that that is not, and I don't hold anybody. I what they're trying to do is going to be a hard thing to do. And it's gargantuan task. People. It's a massive task. I don't know if it can work out. That'd be great. I would like to see more places go to credit cards, to be quite honest. Yeah. I, it, it's just harder to keep the cash. And, and I don't know if it's just a preference thing, but. How many know, times have you gone to the cash oh machine? Oh, my God. So many times. I think I'm seriously at four. Oh. And yeah. I do 200 bucks a yeah, time. you do more than I do. But <laughs> I but I, I have also been charging at places that charge. I always, if they take a credit card, that's where I zip it. I And I, it's a convenience thing, yes. But it also just, it sort of gives me a little more control over things too like i know actually a little bit more about what i'm spending on the credit card side of things and i feel like if i was going to improve the fare wi-fi would be a big thing on my yeah, list yeah like everybody's using their phones now that you can log on and pay for faster wi-fi well you can pay for it i right know now. you can but i just feel it's like just not great yeah we're all here everybody's trying to Everything we're doing, not we, you and me, but like if you're a fair goer and you're posting fair food or you're posting a video of something that you did that's fun, it all promotes the fair. So why not just make that as open as you can? Yeah. I realize it still might be slow, but. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. Like, like, like when you go to a museum, it's all free Wi-Fi now. Like yeah. most, a lot of places that are really heavily trafficked public places have free Wi-Fi. I think it's time. I would like to see also... Um, distilled products. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I Me too. I think it's time to say, now that we have local distilleries, and I'd be fine if you want to make it, like, a local only. So don't you can't have any giant, you know, and you can set the price even. You and know you what I mean? And you could have it in just one area, yep, one, one garden. one area where there's, or, like, specific vendors have to apply to get a hard liquor license. But to have distilled spirits be a part of this would be actually lovely because it's an agricultural product. It's a local economy booster. It's uh, it's something that could totally work out, I think. Also, wouldn't it be cool? This is something that one of our uh, questioners, or, you know, our listeners suggested. But if there was a way to to use local farms to provide some of the food. I mean, there already is. You know what I mean? Like the corn roast guy, he's got a local grower yep. growing the corn. And there's definitely ways around that. But I wondered if there was a way to highlight it a little bit better at the stands. Like, you know, kind of giving prizes for, for booths that use local oh, farms. Oh, that's a good idea. Like that's how I think they could encourage it. And then we could all help celebrate it. And then it could really be sort of, you know, a connection between... The cattle barn side of things, you know, the barns is what I call it. And like, you know. And we use local dairy from Schrader Milk. Yeah, I would love to, if they had like a badge and then there could be a prize awarded for the most local food, that would be great. When you go to the grocery store, you know, and you see local icons for products, they could do that here. That would be something that, or even putting it in um, the in the guides or on the fair finder having an icon. Yeah, to saying uses local food. Or uses locally grown food. How much? That's kind of part of it. How much do you think you saved with your blue ribbon bargain book? I don't know yet. I still have to do my final tally, and of course, you know, there's still deals to be had, and so I'm just sort of thinking about it. But I, I here's the way that I feel about the bargain book. I guess it's not even as much as like a thing saved, as much as yeah, it was a convenience, and yeah, it was great to have. Definitely, definitely worth five bucks. Oh, for sure. Like more than like, I think I probably will always buy one now. Yeah, me too. More than 10 times, I think worth it. But I think if I was, you know, I, I met a couple people who said they were just there for the day. They only come every couple of years. It's not worth it for them. And in fact, it can be kind of a distraction because you feel like, oh, I have to go find this now. And right. Like, oh. Only use bargain book coupons. Yeah. And I also don't 
there were some things where like they limited the deal like obviously like you're gonna say you can only have this share the cherry shake here well i don't like cherry shakes right but there was enough in the book in order to make that balance out so i would never be able to use the whole book never but i definitely used a lot of it more than i have ever before i wonder too well it's only five bucks i was gonna say if there'd be like a bargain day pass where maybe it's these 10 things are on special today and you can buy the day pass for a buck or two bucks. So you're only going to be using it that day for someone that's just a single day fair goer. Yeah, I wonder. But, you know, we yeah, have all kinds of good ideas. It would be hard. The four ounce cup for beer four so that you could do beers. more sampling. The $5 sample track for the, uh, or even. Yeah, for a smaller portion. Yeah, or, or the $2 sample track. But I think a $5 dish, I think if you have a $5 dish, I think that is something that I would champion. If anyone, you know, vendors listen to this, which I don't know if they do, they're over it. But, but if they do $5 dishes for the fact that I, I think next year we're going to see some $10 items, especially with the minimum wage going up and everything yep. else. We're going to see $10 food next year. And so I think having a $5 sample food is going to be important. And, and I hope it shows up. And I will help celebrate that. And who's going to cross over the $10 line? Who's well, going to be the first? You're right. They did this year, they but will we see more of taco. it? Yeah, $12. Not even just $10 or $11. They went up to $12. $12 for two fried tacos, which are good. They're um, delicious. Uh, we did uh, see the there's 80-plus foods that are on a stick this year. I'd like to see us get to the 100 mark next year. Let's bring the stick back, people. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it is a sustainable way of serving your food. ecological. It's sustainable. It's fun. Let's bring the sticks back. Yeah, I'm down. All right. Okay, I don't know what else I can say. Other I think than, we've oh, said it all. Just the last bit of the beer thing again. Hoping that this next year there's not 53 beers. I'm, And I hope it doesn't go up to, like, 75. If it does, I... I think I hope that I they think notice. you can't drink them all if I, it does. I hope you I, I hope that they notice that it's like you can't possibly get, you know, you can't possibly get like a winner out of all that. Like maybe there's a law of diminishing return. Yes. Yeah. So I'm hoping that for 2020, the beers, they because there's nobody governing that. Let's just for a second, like in terms of like the new foods list, she's curating that and making sure that there's not six tacos on the new foods list. I hope that for the beers, there's a there's some sort of a discussion about that, so that they're not all. We don't have six mango beers and six raspberry beers. Or maybe someone will curate it. That's what I'm saying. Maybe there'll be enough interest in the specialty beverage that they start curating that too. Yeah. And you have to apply for your specialty beverage. Right. That could be interesting. I think you could be on that committee. Okay. (laughs) That's all I will do. All right, so it is day 12. It is the final podcast on a stick. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, You're Stephanie March. March. Thanks for giving us your time and for enjoying this communal experience of the Minnesota State Fair as they're rolling out some of the dumpsters on the final day. Hoping you guys had your best fair ever. We'll see you next year. <laughs>